This is WNZK, Dearborn Heights, Detroit. Your ethnic superstation at 690 days, 680 nights. U.S. Arab Radio Network presents Season 3 of the Ray Hanania Radio Show, sponsored by Arab News, the leading English-language newspaper in the Middle East. Each Wednesday at 5 p.m. Eastern, veteran journalist Ray Hanania explores issues facing Arab Americans on WNZK AM 690 Radio in Detroit and on WDMV AM 700 Radio in Washington, D.C. And now, your host, Ray Hanania. Watch the show live on Arab News Facebook page. Hello, everybody. This is uh, Ray Hanania. First, we speak uh, this morning, uh, this afternoon, with our first guest, Mohammed Hyrula. He's the mayor of Prospect Park, New Jersey, who was invited to attend President Biden's White House Eid event on Monday. When he arrived at the White House, he was told by security he couldn't get in, he couldn't get a clearance. Mayor Khairullah is one of the longest serving Arab American mayors. Then we're gonna switch topics and talk about the controversial casting of a black act actress, Adele James, to play the role of Cleopatra in a new Netflix docudrama, Queen Cleopatra, produced by Jada Pinkett Smith. But first, we're gonna turn to the leading expert. Um, we're gonna turn to uh, our interview with, uh, Mohammed Khairula, and then we're going to talk in the second segment with Dr. Zahi Hawass, one of Egypt's most learned scholars, then Perry Small, who's an African-American morning radio talk show host at WVON AM in Chicago, and then we're going to end with some sage observations from Faisal J. Abbas, the editor-in-chief of Arab News, the leading English-language newspaper in the Middle East. Let's go to that interview first with Mohammed Khairula. Welcome, Mayor Khairula. Thank you so much for joining us here at the Ray Hanania Show. Thank you, Ray. It's a pleasure to be with you again. I wish this was a better issue, though, to be talking about. You have done so much as the mayor of Prospect Park in New Jersey. There's so many great things we, we have to talk about, and yet we always get dragged back to the one problem that Arabs and Muslims always have in this country, that people look at us a little differently and it stumbles and causes us problems. Tell us what happened to you. Well, you know, and, and let me respond by saying first, you know, we are making progress. We'll continue to make progress uh, despite of anything that, that, that that's going on. When people say to me, oh no, not again, you're getting yourself in trouble. I am not getting myself in trouble. Right. Trouble is, is, put up on me and 1.5 million other Arabs and Muslims because of an illegal list that's been generated by agencies within the federal government that targets Arabs and Muslims. And what happened um, on Monday is I received an invitation to the White House to attend the Eid party. Uh, I responded i uh confirmed my attendance and as i was heading to the white house i was pretty much about half an hour away from the white house i was entering dc i received a call from the social events uh department within the white house saying that the secret service did not clear me to enter the white house 
mind you that I have been to the White House complex prior to my really being placed on that list back in 2019. Um, so, uh, Obviously, I didn't argue with the guy. Um, he said it's a Secret Service decision. There's nothing else that I could tell you. And the Secret Service did not provide us with any answer. Um, <clears throat> so I contacted CARE because it, uh, it seemed to be similar in nature to what happened to me at the airport. I'm on some type of list. I'm, I'm, some type, some, I'm a target of, of some type. Uh, and uh, we took matters uh, to the next level in terms of contacting the White House, the Secret Service. Uh, but when they started putting up walls and not giving answers, when there's lack of transparency, this is when we move to the level of making this public because I'm not the only one. Right. There's 1.5 million entries in that list. That list continues to grow, and people like myself do not have a due process there is nothing to clear yourself off the list you they won't even acknowledge the list if it wasn't for the list being leaked on january 26 um they would continue to say oh we don't know what's going on you've been randomly selected you know and uh, it's a joke and and this is not something that our government should be doing you know, on a local government level, on a county level, on a state level, we always call for transparency, make everything available and visible to the public. The public are the ones who elect uh, the officials and put them into office. Now, this happens frequently and has been happening for years. I, I served during the Vietnam War in the U.S. Air Force. The day I got out, uh, the FBI wanted to investigate me for two years. I had a security clearance. I fought for my country. And it wasn't until years later, though, that I found out that they were investigating me. And I'm figuring, why waste your money? You did the security clearance. They know you, Mayor. You, like you said, you've been through this once before. It just doesn't sound right. There's something about it that really bothers me. Yeah, same here. I mean, I guess because of your name, your background, you are a suspect in someone's eye. Uh, I'm going to say it like this. There is deep racism within the system. It's, the system is, you know, our constitution, our institutions, they're designed to uh, serve the people. But that doesn't mean there's not racist within the system. And this isn't politics. I mean, you're you're Democratic, correct? Absolutely. Yeah, you're a Democratic mayor. Uh, President Biden's a Democrat. This isn't about Biden, is it? It's about his administration and system. Or do you hold uh, the president a little responsible for this? There were 400 Muslims that he was there, and there was no mention. And honestly, uh, when I look at the Arab community, mayors are at the top of the list. Congresswomen, Taleb. Uh, mayors that's the top crust you have achieved something representing arabs it's so important in muslims um so when something happens to you it really should have been addressed much more uh openly and directly but it wasn't they just went through it as if nothing happened right and they refused to issue an apology they refused to like really comment about it yesterday the white house at the white house press conference they basically said go talk to the secret service 
And what, guess what the Secret Service is going to say? We can't comment. Right. You know, they're, they're putting us into that loop. But, you know, some people said, well, you know, the, the, the event was for, for Muslims. It's, it's not racist. You know, you're just, no. I agree. The event was for Muslims, but there is a issue of racism in our system. You know, yes. I wasn't going to say, no, you need to try to override it. This is not, you know, at this point, that list is deemed illegal by a federal judge. The responsibility of the president now is to stop this nonsense. This was started back in 2003 by the Bush administration, which was a Republican administration. I was added in 2019 during a Republican administration. Now, it is the obligation of the Democrats to show that they're not like the other side. Do you think this is a combination of you being both uh, Syrian, Arab American and Muslim? Is it about being Muslim or is it just about being Syrian Arab? Do you have any sense yourself as to what they're most concerned about here? Just th this ridiculous concern that they've had? I think it's a, it's a matter of activism and um, the fact that it was done in 2019. Prior to that, prior to, to yesterday or Monday, the theory was you're active in Syria and therefore they have a concern about you. The fact is, I haven't been inside Syria since December of 2015. Um, I was placed on the list in 2019. Uh, this was during the Trump administration. I was vocal. Uh, there's right. multiple things that could have happened that could have put me on the list, including the theory that some people are put on the list because they refuse to become informants for the FBI. And I could share with you that for a while, when I was going into Syria, there was an FBI agent that would come and talk to me. And I'm like, fine, I'll tell you yeah. what I, you know. But at one point, he flat out said, you know, we, we need you to find that information for us. I said, listen, I don't go into Syria. There's nothing that I right. can with. I don't have connections with anyone. Uh, sorry. You so one of the theories is people do get put on that list when they refuse to become informants for the FBI. So it's like a form of punishment that they put you on that list. But I, I think it's an embarrassment to the president that this happened. It's one out of 400 people, but that one is so significant. And I think it raises, do you think it raises questions about the Biden administration's deep commitment? You know, he's done a lot he says he's done a lot for Arab Americans. They've appointed more Arabs to his administration. He's reached out. He recognized Arab American Heritage Month. Uh, those are not all substantial, though, although hiring is. But do you think that this is an embarrassment for him in terms of his uh, claim that he's, you know, considerate of Arabs and Muslims? Or do you think Americans look at Muslims and Arabs differently? You know, it's okay to be with Muslims because the majority of Muslims are non-Arab in the United States. Well, I think it shows that we still have a lot of work to do as Arabs and, and Muslims. Uh, and, and I tell my friends, we don't have as much uh, power as we think we do. The rug can be pulled from underneath us very, very easily. Don't get excited by the appointment. Uh, we're not at the table of the decision making 
right. we're at, maybe at the consultation level sometimes and it's not an authoritative consultation yet uh so we still have a lot of work uh to do um can the white house override the decision at the moment i i don't know that technical aspects but i could tell you this i've been around uh former presidents in the past um I, what happened is this is a dragnet but it's not a very intelligent dragnet yeah. when my name and social security or my birthday was submitted which happens to be on that list and we were been provided a redacted copy of it um it triggered just like when i travel name birthday social security right. it triggers that list but when i attend events where i'm not screened through the list i could very easily be close to president and i have pictures and so on and so forth so this is not an intelligent way of um making sure someone is safe or our country is safe this is a list that dep depends on opinions of individuals who may be racist toward arabs and muslims who might have a prejudice it's not an intelligent list and uh, I, I would think that, uh, honestly, he's the president of the United States. I don't care what anybody says. If he says, allow him in there, I just can't imagine if this you were any other religion or any other race that somebody would say no to the president. But you're right. I think we're targeted um, because of all the different things that happen, and we have to do more. I, I know that, that just a final comment from you uh, this isn't just about you. This is, as you point out, about the entire Arab and Muslim community. If it happens to you, it could happen to anybody. We may not just find out about it. You found out about it. 100%. I have a platform. I have uh, people that could support me and help me. I mean, the press conference happened due to the effort of uh, CARE, the Council on American Muslim Relations, and their partners. We've had many partners. Uh, who attended it it wasn't due to my own effort um I only told the story but others won't even know where to go others and and you know the nature of our community we're not confrontational we're like right. uh, you know what um but that type of list I expect to see in Syria you know in Syria we always say you, there's always someone writing a report about you and then you go and disappear and no one knows and, and and you can't defend yourself that shouldn't be happening in the united states of america due process is the right of everyone i think president biden should speak to you directly and i i think that uh uh that you're owed an apology um any final thoughts uh anything that uh, you want to emphasize and explain about all this that we didn't mention no, I, I, I agree with you. This is not about me. I, I'm completely at peace uh, in my mind and with myself. Um, you know, as I said, I've been to the White House complex before. Um, it it would have been great to meet uh, the other Muslim leaders and uh, to meet the president. Uh, however, uh, this is about those who cannot speak for themselves at this point. That list is illegal it's unconstitutional and in so many ways uh discriminatory uh and it needs to be um disbanded 
by the president. It has to stop right now. All right, Mayor Mohammed Kharala from Prospect Park, New Jersey, um, wasn't allowed into the Eid celebration at the White House this past week on Monday, um, and it raises a very serious issue that continues to uh, plague the Arab and Muslim community in this country. Uh, Mayor, it's always a pleasure to talk to you. Thank you very much, Ray. It's always a pleasure. And we're back. Uh, we're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, we're going to listen to an interview with that I did with Dr. Zahi Hawass. He is Egypt's most learned scholar in Egyptian history and one of the top Egyptologists. Uh, we're going to be looking at this Netflix controversy over the casting of a Black to play Cleopatra. I'm Ray Hananiel. We'll be right back right after these messages. ArabNews.com, bringing you breaking news from across the Middle East and the latest on Arabs in America. Get inside the latest headlines with expert analysis and insights at ArabNews.com. Join over 5 million Facebook fans and over 10 million monthly readers. ArabNews.com, news that matters to you. In a perfect world, everyone would be a perfect driver. Hands at 9 and 3, everyone. 9 and 3. Everyone would follow all the rules. Please, go ahead and merge. I'll make room. Thank you, fellow driver. And nothing unexpected would ever happen. Even the squirrels would know the right time to safely cross the road. In this perfect world, you wouldn't have to wear a seatbelt. But in case you hadn't noticed, we don't live in a perfect world. About a thousand people in Michigan die each year in vehicle crashes, and thousands more are injured. Wearing your seatbelt reduces your risk of death in a crash by 45% in a car and by 60% in a pickup truck. So until we find a perfect world to drive in, make our imperfect world safer by buckling up. A message from the Michigan Office of Highway Safety Planning. Ziad Brand. Quality products from our family to yours. Ziad Brothers Importing offers the finest quality products, including brands like Sultan, Kraft, Nestle, Hook, Rico Picon, Donna, and many more. Ask your retailer to carry these fine products because you deserve the very best. For more information, visit our website at www.ziad.com. That's www.ziad.com. Ziad, quality products from our family to yours. I want to welcome my guest here at the Ray Hanania Radio Show, Dr. Zahi Hawass. He's an honorary chairman for the Antiquities Coalition Advisory Council, a renowned Egyptologist, and the former Minister of Antiquities of Egypt. Um, Dr. Hawass, thank you so much for joining us here at the uh, radio show in Detroit and Washington, D.C. You're welcome. You uh, recently wrote a column at Arab News where I write, um, saying that based on your long experience as an Egyptologist, your own discoveries and years of research, there's absolutely no evidence that Cleopatra was black, the net, as the Netflix docudrama claims. Uh, might, is there any chance that, that you're wrong, that history is wrong? Is there even a slight remote well, we, possibility? We, first of all, you have to know that Cleopatra first was not black. And even if they show Cleopatra blonde, will object to that. The most uh, difficult thing 
that Netflix are showing a documentary. If you do a documentary, you have to be strict with history. And you have to consult an Egyptologist. If the film is drama, you have just write its fiction. And you can do what you want. And well, therefore, if you look at history, we have statues of Cleopatra, one at the Vatican, one at the Rosicrucian Museum in San Jose, one we discovered in a temple near Alexandria called Tabuziris Magna, where we searched for the tomb of Cleopatra, Mark Antony. And also we discovered many coins that has a face and the name of Cleopatra. And number three, we have a scene of Cleopatra depicted on the temple of Hathor at Dandara. If you look at all this, first of all, there is no feature of a black at all that can show Cleopatra black. Also, in the same time, Cleopatra was a Macedonian. And all the queens and the princes of Macedonian were not black. Also, she was the daughter of Ptolemais number 12. She had a brother. Then all they married from their families. Then I really think that the reason that this film is shown now, because some people want us to say that the origin of ancient Egypt were black. Actually, you have to know that the kingdom of Kush ruled Egypt on dynasty 25, means the late period. And they produced in that time pyramids like mounds. Big difference between the pyramids of Egypt and the pyramids of the kingdom of Kush. Also, you can see that the kings of Egypt smiting enemies shown in the temples. In front of the king is Anubian, African, Libyan, and Asiatics. And the king doesn't look like them. Then I don't think it's fair, it's not fair to make a documentary to show that Kilivitra was black. This is a changing history. And and you're the ultimate authority on Egyptology, in my opinion, and in the opinion of many people. You're the first name that comes up that Netflix or Jada Pinkett Smith ever reach out to you even to get a I never, comment. I never heard anything from Jada. Even I know uh, Willie Smith, her husband, he came to Egypt and I met him. And I met him before. I met her before a long time ago in 2006 when I and Willie Smith was chosen as Top 100 by Time magazine. I had dinner with them. But I think she's not fair to produce a fiction story like this and to make all the Egyptians very upset. Yeah, and it's not, this isn't an issue of race, is it? This has nothing to do with race. No, nothing racism. to do with this at all. I said, if this documentary will show the Kiribatra blonde, I would object. Kiribatra was not black, Kiribatra was not blonde. Do you think if she recast this as pure fiction, would it be more acceptable and take away yes. the label? If she write at the beginning of the film that this movie is fiction, it has nothing to do with history, I would accept that. 
Yeah, I think so. Now, I know a number of people, uh, one of the directors of the Netflix show, Tina Garabi, I think, who actually wrote, wrote in a magazine suggesting that casting a black woman was intentional and was a political act. It is actually the purpose, in my opinion, of this movie is to show that the black Americans were the origin of ancient Egypt. But this is not true. I yeah, think all the black Americans, there is many friends of mine, but this not a fact in history as I explained to you, that the kingdom of Kush ruled Egypt at the end of the Egyptian history. And they have nothing to do with the origin of ancient Egypt. And will you be, uh, I, I noted that uh... Uh, the uh, actress in the show, Adele James, said, if you don't like the casting, don't watch the show. I don't really think that she's really right to do that. This made people not to respect her. It's fiction. And this they, they, if they want really to be respected, they should write at the entrance of the, at the beginning of the film, that this is a fiction film. It has nothing to do with history. And uh, this movie is really changing history. And this is why we really should put in mind that this is not true. Interview. You know, I was searching for the last uh, 13 years in cooperation with Kathleen Martinez from the Dominican Republic. We're searching for the tomb of Cleopatra. We thought that she's buried in a temple near Alexandria. And we, our search we found many statues and coins of Kiribati. And uh, I'm, I studied Kiribati very well. And this is why even I sent an exhibit from Egypt to the States about Queen Kiribati. In this exhibit, all the Southern artifacts do not show that Kiribati was black. Means Kiribati was a Mediterranean and this had faith really can show that in the statues and the coins and the scenes on the temples. Because the history of the Greco-Roman in Alexandria, the 600 years are recorded. We know that Cleopatra is from the Ptolemaic family. Her father was not black. Her mother, some people say she was black, but this is not true at all. It is the creation of some people who did not really study history very well. But the history of Greco-Roman Egypt is well documented. And uh, people who say it is not documented, they're really wrong. But tell us, tell us a little bit about the story of Cleopatra. Who was she? Cleopatra, what was her life like? Cleopatra was a, she was born by a father, Ptolemais number 12, and uh, she had a brother, Ptolemais number 13, and the king, Ptolemais 12, decided that she and her brother to rule. And after that, she and her brother began to fight. Caesar arrived at Alexandria, and Cleopatra wanted Caesar to help her to be the queen of Egypt. And she met him, and he fell in love with her, and he helped her to be the queen of Egypt. And he buried her, he had a, a son from here called Caesarion. And uh, she went and she lived one year with Caesar in Rome. After Caesar was assassinated, she came back to Alexandria. 
in that time the kingdom and Rome divided the world between Octavius and Mark Antony. And Mark Antony came to Egypt and his mind is to take the revenge from Cleopatra. But from the first meeting, he felt in love with her. And he stayed in Egypt. He did not go to Rome. And he married Cleopatra. He had children from her. And after that, Octavius found out that he has to come to take revenge from Octavius and Cleopatra. And the Battle of Actium was the important battle that Octavius defeated Mark Antony. And we really do not know what happened. But we think that maybe Cleopatra and Mark Antony died together and buried in one tomb. And this one we began to search for this tomb inside the temple of Tabuziris Magna, west of Alexandria. Wow. The story of Cleopatra is amazing story. But Cleopatra was not black. Do you think the story's ever been told properly, even over history in movies and films? You know, you do, you do not think that uh, you should really uh, depend on movies. No, you have to read the books that are written by archaeologists. There is many hundreds of books written about this period. Hundreds of books written about Cleopatra and Mark Antony. You cannot just look at Hollywood. Hollywood made a movie that was nothing in this movie and this why but it's fiction and they had the right in fiction to do what they want but the Netflix film it's documentary it should be the true story of Kiribati. Um You've heard that there's a lawyer I think Mahmoud El-Samari that wants to file a lawsuit do you think I don't think no I don't think it's a good idea at all to do that I really think everyone has the right to do what they want and therefore, I really think that we should see the film and forget about this film. And uh, I wanted to ask you about yourself and what are you, I mean, my son, since he was five years old, he's 21 years old now, has watched your history and your reports. He was excited when I told him I would interview you. And I know if he did a series on Egypt, you would be the first person he would go to. He knows enough to do that. But tell us, what are you working on now? What are some of the things well, that am, you're uh, you looking know, into? Coming, I'm leaving in two days to start my lecture tour uh, in Phoenix, Arizona on the 2nd. And 23 lectures in 23 cities. I will announce major important thing. I will talk about the discovery of the corridor that we found inside the Great Pyramid. I will also announce the discovery of the Golden City that I found. I'm involved in the search of the tomb of Queen Nefertiti and the mummy of Queen Nefertiti. I'm also involved in the search of the tomb of Imhotep, the architect of the Great Pyramid. There are many, many important work that I'm involved now, and I'm going to reveal some of it in my lecture tour in the States during the month of May and June. Thank you. Thank we're you. looking forward to you visiting the States. Thank you. Bye-bye. And we're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, we're going to speak with Faisal J. Abbas, the editor-in-chief of Arab News. We'll be right back right after these messages.
ArabNews.com, bringing you breaking news from across the Middle East and the latest on Arabs in America. Get inside the latest headlines with expert analysis and insights at ArabNews.com. Join over 5 million Facebook fans and over 10 million monthly readers. ArabNews.com, news that matters to you. Get ready for an amazing experience at Ishtar Restaurant on 15 Mile Road in Sterling Heights. Enjoy excellent hospitality from owners Ali al-Baghdadi and Fatty Bonham serving the best in Mediterranean food. Try Chef Ali al-Baghdadi's famous shawarma, the best Iraqi grills and food, and the best Arabic and international dishes. Dine in our authentic atmosphere or take out. Call 586-698-2585 or check us out on Facebook. Ishtar Restaurant practices all CDC guidelines and is open every day, 11 a.m. to 10 p.m. Have an amazing experience today at Ishtar Restaurant, 3625 15 Mile Road, Sterling Heights. With more than 30,000 successful in vitro fertilizations, IVF Michigan is now ranked as one of America's best fertility clinics, according to Newsweek magazine. IVF Michigan fertility centers are the recognized leaders in high-quality fertility care. With locations in Bloomfield Hills and nine other cities in Michigan and Ohio, IVF has experts in all aspects of the field. A founding member, American Board Certified Dr. Nicholas Shama, is one of the leading reproductive endocrinologists in Michigan and Ohio. He has performed over 20,000 successful IVF cases, and it's helped thousands of couples fulfill their dreams of parenthood. When it's time to get personalized care from Dr. Nicholas Shama at one of America's best fertility clinics, call IVF Michigan Fertility Centers in Michigan and Ohio toll-free at 855-952-9600. 855-952-9600. I'm honored to welcome to the radio show my distinguished colleague and journalist, Faisal J. Abbas, editor-in-chief of Arab News the leading English-language newspaper of the Middle East. Last week in his column, Mr. Abbas wrote about the Netflix Cleopatra docudrama controversy under the title, Queen Cleopatra is Not the Little Mermaid. He noted at ArabNews.com, the world can joke with Egypt about almost everything, but not about their well-documented history. Welcome to the radio show, Mr. Abbas. It's a pleasure to have you join us. It's always a pleasure to speak to you, Ray, and thank you very much for having me. Absolutely. So, Mr. Abbas, you recently wrote a column, which I read very insightful, about the Queen Cleopatra controversy, as I mentioned, entitled, Queen Cleopatra is Not the Little Mermaid. Why do you make that comparison? Queen Cleopatra is not the Little Mermaid, and I mean this on so many levels. Um, as you know, uh, around September last year, Disney released the trailer for the live-action remake uh, of the famous 1989 film The Little Mermaid, uh, whereby Ariel, the Little Mermaid, is played by a black actress, and that caused a stir. Obviously, as you know, uh, being in America, there's a lot of racial politics at the moment. And my point of view is that that was uncalled for. 
the Little Mermaid is a fictional character which first was imagined in 1837. Uh, but as a work of fiction, you have the creative license to um, imagine her in any shape, way, or form, or color um, that you want to. Uh, the same does not apply if you are producing a biography or a biopic or a docu-series as Netflix labeled Queen Cleopatra. The issue here is not race and you cannot treat a biopic or a docu-series about Queen Cleopatra the same way you do about uh, The Little Mermaid, which is a work of fiction uh, anyway. If you're going to produce a docu-series about Cleopatra and call it a docu-series, then you owe it to your audience to be as close as possible to the facts. And the facts are um, that Cleopatra was of Macedonian Greek uh, origin, not uh, African as such. She couldn't have possibly been black. I understand your point about the issue being more about facts and race, but why do you think there's been so much trolling and racist comments on social media against the actress Adele James, the executive producer Jada Pinkett Smith, and the Cleopatra docudrama director Tina Garavi. Did it have something to do with what she said that Garavi wrote about making this political that may have lit the fuse? Unfortunately, the reality today that there's so much division uh, in the United States that uh, racial uh, politics are so prominent uh, in the uh, everyday lives of, of Americans and uh, watching from the outside, uh, I speak for a lot of people when I say we are really worried uh, when we see the political and the racial uh, divisions that are happening uh, in America. And I think they are paralyzing and they are turning American against uh, American when there are much bigger threats and much bigger worries uh, to uh, focus on. Uh, certainly uh, something like The Little Mermaid or something like a documentary uh, about uh, Queen Cleopatra shouldn't uh, result in this sort of uh, abusive language, racist language. Uh, any form of racism uh, is condemnable and should not be uh, tolerated whatsoever and is absolutely uh, un, uh, uncalled for uh, period. Adele James is a beautiful, brilliant actress, and I think she played this role very well, as well as some of the other roles that I've seen, and I enjoyed watching her. Uh, I just reiterate the issue here is not uh, the race uh, or the color uh, of uh, Adele James, but the actual misinterpretation or misrepresentation of Egyptian history. Uh, as I just said, uh, Queen Cleopatra is of Macedonian Greek uh, origins, not African, so she would have been much better portrayed by somebody that resembles those origins as opposed to somebody who has African origins. So how has the Arab world reacted to the Cleopatra docudrama controversy is this being taken seriously there? And if so, why? Well, it's certainly been taken very seriously uh, in Egypt. And you can understand, uh, uh, Ray, um, Egyptians, uh, as I've pointed out in my column and you pointed out in the introduction, you can joke to Egypt with Egyptians about anything, except when it comes to their history and culture, which they are enormously and rightly proud of. You are talking about a civilization that goes 3,000 years before Christ. 
so they don't take this thing, uh, they, they, and they have every right not to take this uh, lightly. Uh, now, from an American perspective, if you are Jada Smith, uh, you might not see it uh, or be as sensitive. Uh, at the end of the day, uh, America itself is only 275 years uh, or 274 years uh, old. So, uh, you know, proportionally, uh, it, it doesn't measure up. But Egyptians have every right to take this uh, seriously. But, you know, your audience in America need to understand that this has nothing to do with racism. It has nothing to do with the color uh, of, uh, of the actress. It has to do with the misrepresentation of, uh, of their history. And I assure you, Ray, had Cleopatra historically been of African origins and been played by somebody who is white European, the same anger would have generated uh, from from Egypt. So I repeat, it's a matter of uh, misinterpretation and misrepresentation of Egyptian history, not a matter of uh, racial uh, uh, of racism or racial uh, politics, which is at the moment an American problem, not something we share in the Arab world with with Americans. We read uh, Egyptians might file a lawsuit against Netflix and the producers of the show. Do you think that's likely or wise? And do you support such an action? Um, look, um, that is something up for the Egyptians. And I don't know what grounds do they have to, but I can understand their anger and their frustration about misinterpreting something that they behold very dearly and they are very uh, proud of. Uh, I would just caution about giving this matter uh, more uh, publicity. Uh, at the end of the day, uh, uh, if you really want to uh, punish uh, Netflix or uh, Jada Smith for this misinterpretation, then the best thing to do is not to watch the show or, or talk about it. Uh, the more publicity, uh, I'm, I'm afraid that's just the nature of the game. It will just play to their benefit. More people are going to know about it and more people are going to uh, watch the show. Um, I think what really would be helpful is a better produced show about Queen Cleopatra with the facts being as close as possible as they really were at that point of time in history. And you've worked in the media a long time. Uh, why is it that any time an issue has to do with race, rightly or wrongly, the discussion becomes so emotional and impossible to discuss in a rational way? Well, that is the nature uh, of, uh, of, of media, you know. Unfortunately, the nature of the game is we look for bad news. Uh, now, of course, some newspapers or some publications such as tabloids uh, deliberately uh, hype things up or spice things up, uh, as it were. Uh, this has been accelerated by, uh, by uh, social media. And we all uh, heard what Facebook whistleblower Francis Hogan said in Congress, actually, uh, early last year, that uh, researchers at Facebook found that anger uh, is the thing that keeps people online the longest. It forces people to engage with the social media posts. And it's been a policy, unfortunately, uh, not just at Facebook, but at many social media uh, platforms to encourage uh, these kind of debates, which deliberately uh, cause uh, anger and as such makes them revenues at the expense, unfortunately, of people's emotions, creating divisions uh, in society, which I think people's emotions and in Egyptians case, uh, their history should not, not be a commodity to be traded and or finally, exploited. And finally, I think you make a great point, but this isn't the first misrepresentation misrepre of Arabs that we've seen in Hollywood and Hollywood films, is it? Um, and, and 
What's your view on this? And is it changing, do you think, to become better? Because that is the big question. Are we ever going to see a balanced presentation of Arabs in Hollywood movies and film moving forward? Uh, well, Ray, uh, of course, uh, you are the expert on this topic, and I'm an avid follower of your journalistic career, and I know uh, you covered uh, this topic extensively uh, throughout the uh, last few decades. Uh, I also defer you to uh, the works of the uh, late Honorable uh, Jacques Shaheen, who wrote the book Real Bad Arabs. And in that book, there are some shocking statistics, uh, such as in a thousand films produced by Hollywood, um, the uh, Arabs were only uh, presented uh, or portrayed positively in um, 12%. So that's only 12% out of a thousand films where we had the positive portrayals for uh, Arabs uh, and uh, and Muslims. And I think that tells you uh, the whole story that there is a bias, unfortunately. Now, we can argue whether or not that is an intentional or unintentional. Is that based on ignorance or hatred? Uh, there's so many things that could uh, that could have caused this, but the reality is it is a problem that exists. Now, to be fair, it has been getting better as Hollywood becomes fairer uh, towards minorities and towards people of different religions and um, uh, different backgrounds. Uh, we have in recent years seen uh, uh, Arabs and Muslims being portrayed as heroes, sometimes superheroes, not just uh, as villains. But more importantly, Ray, is um, as Arabs, we should not wait for Hollywood and we should not wait for uh, people with Orientalist agendas to tell our story. We should be the masters of our own destiny. We should be the masters of our own uh, storytelling. And I tell you one more thing before uh, we conclude, uh, actions, speak louder than words so when we see the evacuation efforts that have been spearheaded by saudi arabia uh, in recent days uh, evacuating not just saudi or arab or muslim um, uh, evacuees from uh, from sudan but people from americans and british people and uh, indian people people from all over the world that tells a story when there is an and this is a real story when there's an uh, indian evacuee who had kidney uh, failure there was an ambulance waiting for him as soon as he arrived from sudan in the port of uh, jeddah to take him to do the dialysis and thanks to the action not the words of uh, the saudi um, uh, health authorities that person today is still alive and he could have lost his life if it wasn't for the action and the speed of that action that has occurred it's the same argument with saudi arabia or the uae uh, sending astronauts to space and contributing to uh, science uh, on on that front uh, these are actions that speak louder than word and it forces the narrative to change because nobody can uh, argue uh, the facts. So um, uh, we're not doing enough yet to tell our story, but I do see a step in the right direction. I do hope it continues. And I think uh, Arab Americans recognize the role that Arab News is playing in helping to strengthen that voice and get our image out there in an area that really needs it. Faisal J. Abbas, editor-in-chief of Arab News, leading English language newspaper of the Middle East. Thank you for joining us today. Really a pleasure. Always a pleasure, Ray. Thank you very much. And we're going to take a quick break. When we come back, we're going to talk with the African-American radio talk show host, Perry Small. We'll be right back.
right after these messages. ArabNews.com, bringing you breaking news from across the Middle East and the latest on Arabs in America. Get inside the latest headlines with expert analysis and insights at ArabNews.com. Join over 5 million Facebook fans and over 10 million monthly readers. ArabNews.com, news that matters to you. Were you recently at the emergency room, urgent care, or at your doctor's office being told you need a hand, wrist, or elbow specialist? At the Kachanji Hand Center, we offer the latest techniques in hand, wrist, and elbow care. From sports injuries to work injuries to everyday hand, wrist, and elbow problems, the specialists at Kachanji Hand Center are here to get you back on track. Call us in Troy today at 248-869-4263 or visit us at kachanjihandcenter.com to schedule your appointment today. Life for Relief and Development has now been rated as one of the best charities for humanitarian aid. Life's humanitarian projects span the globe, and Life is celebrating its 30th anniversary of providing essential life-saving aid to people and communities in 36 countries, regardless of race, color, religion, or cultural background. Where there is life, there is hope. And when disaster occurs here or around the world, including being one of the first responders to the Turkey-Syria earthquake crisis, Life for Relief and Development rushes in to provide food, medical aid, and shelter to those in need. We are looking to help the earthquake victims, and we take 0% overhead on emergency donations. So please help improve these efforts. Learn more about our involvement to help the helpless and bring hope where it's needed most. And make your tax-deductible donation to Life for Relief and Development now at lifeusa.org or call 248-424-7493. That's 248-424-7493. I want to welcome our next guest, Perry Small. She's a former Chicago City Hall reporter and colleague of mine from many years ago. She's the host of the long-running The Perry Small Show, which is broadcast Monday through Friday every morning from 9 a.m. until 12 noon on WVON-AM 690 Radio, the nation's oldest African-American radio network. This was a topic, this Cleopatra issue, was a topic on your morning radio show. What yeah. what was the reaction? Tell us a little bit about that first. Yes, it was a big story. When the story broke that an Egyptian lawyer, attorney, had filed suit, black people are rediscovering Africa. Everything about Africa, whether it be Egypt, whether it be Sudan, West Africa, South Africa, it's, it's big. I've been to Ghana twice. I've been to Senegal once. So I was very surprised to learn. And I noted the Cleopatra. This was the seventh Cleopatra um, and the last active ruler of the Ptolemaic uh, kingdom of Egypt. I, I would not even begin to argue with the scholar that um, Cleopatra the seventh was of um, Macedonian Greek descent i wouldn't right. i wouldn't even argue that i am not a scholar in him, in that but egyptians are arguing that the doc requires those in charge of its production to investigate accuracy and rely on historical and scientific facts and i get that can we please do that does anybody have um cleopatra's dna but it seems to us that it's more of an anti-blackness. I do respect the culture, but is it? They say it's not racism. They say it's not ethnicity. 
But the, let's face it, there's an anti-blackness. You think around, so? Globally, it's an anti-blackness. And I don't think it, that people of your community and other communities even understand that. But when I talk to a lot of really educated Arabs, they're saying, wait, it, it's not race, it's accuracy. If she had called it a fiction, you know, like she was doing right. a novel or I fiction, a Hollywood movie, they would accept it and say, okay, she wants to, like they did the uh, Little Mermaid was, right. remember, it's a big white, uh, you know, child's movie yeah. that was yeah. recast with an African-American Nobody's seen characters. These yes, are fictional it was characters. Totally fictional. So right. I think some of the Arabs are saying, at least the ones I've talked to, that hey, this isn't a documentary, this isn't a docudrama, because Hollywood educates people more than our schools sometimes. That's exactly. Yes. And so from their standpoint, they're saying, wait, it's a false narrative to say she was black. Not that there's something wrong with her being black. It's uh -huh. just wrong to say that. I, and and I, 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 I get that. I get that. But how the hell, do, what do we know? I was just looking at my notes. You know, Egypt had a very fluid, in, is very fluid internationally because just of the proximity of Egypt. But my question is this. Why do some people need Cleopatra to be white? And why do some people need Cleopatra to be black? Do you, do you think that she did it to make a statement or because she did it because she believes that Cleopatra is black? And I bet a lot of African-Americans believe that too, don't they? Absolutely. I would never go as far as to say Cleopatra was black, but we don't have her DNA. Right. It just common sense tells me that a woman in the last dynasty of Cleopatra's in, in, in Egypt. It's a possibility, as I was saying, when you, because I understand her father, who was a general, was really good friend with Alexander the Great. Some scholars said that she's probably a quarter, one quarter Egyptian. Well, what does that mean? Right. Do Egyptians do not think of them that they are not descendants in some way are of African descent so that people would not know that there were that that Egyptians are of African descent? I've seen people that are Egyptian darker than me. I've, so I everybody doesn't look like, you know, um, Omar Sharif. No, it's so this goes deeper experience of being black. In the in a global society, there is and an anti-prevalent, a prevalent anti-blackness. It comes from whites. It comes from Asians. It comes from Arabs. It comes from Middle Easterners. I mean, I, you know, obviously Arabs are not monolithic either, right? And I'm sure that some agree with you that this history of racism against African Americans and against blacks no, against is of black people. Black people. Black people is huge. It's not something that can be uh, pushed aside. It's a very big factor. What's the lesson that should be learned from all this? What What do you think the two sides should do? Africans, Blacks, and Arabs. What, what do you think is the right answer to this? I don't think it can ever be fixed after centuries of anti-Blackness. I mean, I just can't believe that do you remember Ray 
when Newsweek came out with that issue in the 90s about the mother of civilization was an African woman. Do you remember how people lost their minds? People were upset. I do remember they were, that. They just could wrap their brain around it to save their lives. We have been taught that civilization happened in Rome, happened in Greece. That's not necessarily true. If you think about it, all of the, what the Romans and the Grecians did, they studied in Egypt. Wouldn't you be proud of that? Perry, it's always good to talk to you and giving us some insight on the African-American community on this. I, I felt it was so important. I wanted to get both sides. Thanks. All right, Perry Small, my guest, the morning host at WVON 1690 AM radio in Chicago, the oldest African-American black radio station in the country. Perry, thank you so much for joining us. And we're back. I just want to thank everybody. We had a great first episode of season three. Um, I want to thank Mohamed Kairula, the mayor of Prospect Park, New Jersey, to talk about why he wasn't invited or he was actually blocked. He was invited uh, to the White House Eid celebration on Monday. I want to thank Dr. Zahi Hawass, who joined us from Cairo. Also, Perry Small from WVON AM radio in Chicago, the voice of African-Americans, and of course, uh, the sage observations from my uh, colleague, Faisal J. Abbas, editor-in-chief of Arab News, the leading English-language newspaper in the Middle East. We will be back again next week here at WDMV AM 700, WNZK AM 690, and streaming at facebook.com slash Arab News. For more information, visit ArabNews.com. Have a great week, everybody. Talk to you next week.